What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer and Aaron Dotson, and you're listening to or watching, as the case may be, Christianity Now. Christianity Now is the podcast where we kind of discuss contemporary issues through the timelessness of God's Word. We want to be timely from the from the timeless perspective of God's Word. You would think that today we would have our conspiracy theorist cap on. We'd be talking about premillennialism and Israel and this and the other. Look. I think that stuff's been done to death, quite frankly. I don't know about you, Aaron. Um, we, we had an episode on it yeah, a few times ago. So. Yeah, and um, like I said, you know, there, there's not a whole lot more you can say. No. Um, the world is always going to be at war. Yeah. Israel and Palestine, um, they've that goes back to Hagar and Sarah. Yeah. So there's never going to be true peace in the Middle East, I don't think. No. Um, no, unless they accept the Prince of Peace. Well, unless know. they accept the Prince of Peace. Yeah, that's, well, that's the thing. That's the problem. Yeah. But, yeah, so we've got all that stuff lined out. And, yeah, if you're interested in that, go back a couple yeah. episodes ago and, and listen to that. We hashed yeah. it out in pretty great detail. We went for a while. Yep. Now, I'm kind of excited about the topic, and, and Aaron, you're kind of at a loss here. Um, because this is something I've thought about for quite a long time. And it's because years ago, when I first started listening to Jordan Peterson, he had a very interesting way of explaining biblical things in a very, very practical way. I'm not saying that we ought to invite him to our lectureships. I'm not saying you need to go to him for things that pertain to life and godliness. Yeah. But. This is not somebody like Charles Spurgeon who claims to have the spiritual answers for how to spend eternity with God and Jesus. This is somebody who reads the Bible as a historic book of wisdom, and he's he's a um, a philosopher, a modern-day philosopher. Mm-hmm. So, again, like, and I'm using Charles Spurgeon because of the meme that was shared about faith alone and my brethren trying to defend that stupid meme. Um, but anyway, the Charles Spurgeon, Vodibach and Francis Chan, NT, right. When we, when we go and sit at the feet of those men, we got some issues. Okay. But with Jordan Peterson, he's just, he, he's a clinical psychologist and he's saying, look, here's principles, general principles in the Bible. And here's how they apply to our, the way we as preachers would say it, our everyday walks of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. And it's a good, he's a good source. Yeah. And years ago I heard him talk about, uh, the epitome of faith. What does faith look like? It looks like always telling the truth and trusting that whatever outcome manifest because of your telling the truth and acting in a, in a way commensurate with the truth is the best possible outcome that could be had. And it, and it must be in alignment with the will of God. Yeah. Well, that's what a life lived faithfully is Aaron. Yes. You know, faith is action you take based on what you believe. Mm-hmm. And if I believe that Jesus is the son of God and that G- Jesus is returning someday, and he's going to take me with him. Then I'm going to live a life commensurate with what Jordan Peterson and, and a lot of highbrow scholars call 
the divine logos. Yeah. Which is so, so again, I've, I've, I've fleshed this out a lot in my mind. And the reason we're talking about this today, Aaron, is because I found on TikTok a segment of where he rehashed this material. Oh yeah. Cool. And so I want to listen to today. And then we have a, 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 a video from a movie called Mr. Megorium's wonder emporium. And I will tell you that if you don't like Mr. Megorium's wonder emporium, that might tell me everything I need to know about you. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that movie's up there. Like with, uh, in my book with secondhand lions, the princess bride, Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium, movies like that. Uh, it's a really good movie. Really good movie. Yeah. Um, good to see everybody before we go in. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm just going to call you David. It's good to see you, David. And, uh, yeah, John Exum says there's no need to beat a dead horse. And, uh, and I think you're right, John. I, I think we can wear something out. Uh, well, it's kind of like, uh, Aaron, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but, uh, it's kind of like a preacher that, that, that brings everything back to baptism. It doesn't matter what he's preaching on. And, um, yeah. So, you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God brooded upon the water. And it's in the watery grace of baptism that people yeah. are delivered out of the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom yeah. of God's dear son. Yeah. Uh, you know, people like that, yeah. you know, or like one well-meaning brother. I knew that it seemed like no matter where he was in the Bible, it always ended up in our denominational friends. Oh, it's like, do yeah. we need to preach on denominations? Yes. Do we need to preach on the truth? Yeah, yes, 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 yes. But when basically every sermon our denominational friends like but what does the bible you know yeah you know I, it's like you can become an expert in knowing what the denominations believe but you don't really know how to exegete that verse you know it's like well but what does you, the verse mean actually <laughs> between us chickens aaron i think that's caused a whole lot of problems in lord's church today i do too the book of revelation if i yes. throw my opinion in there that's i mean that's yeah a lot of commentaries are just explaining what the verses don't mean yeah tell me what they mean yeah, that's a that's a thing I've noticed with the Brotherhood commentaries on Revelation. And so, you know, I'd like to see some conviction about what people believe it does mean contextually. Yeah. You know. Sorry, I'm not I'm not being silly. I'm just <laughs> I I'm I I went a whole show and I had my camera out of whack. So there's a camera setting where you can do 720 HP with 30 frames per second or 60 frames per second and then you can do 1080, 30 or 60. Well, I had it set on 1080, 60 and restream the, the pro, the, the level of restream we have only allows for seven twenty thirty. Oh, okay. So it was all jihan, but I don't know. Maybe it's just those 30 frames per second. That's messing with me. Yeah. Kind of, I'm used, kind of lags I'm, or. Well, it's, it's yeah. It, you can tell. Yeah. It's a little, it, I hate to say the word laggy, but yeah. Laggy's not really exactly it. Yeah. Like it, it's not doing this number right here, 30 frames per second. Yeah. Like it's keeping up with it pretty fine. Yeah. But then there's something between it and restream that. Yeah. Something happened there. I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. You can yeah. see the little kind of caught. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. You know, you made a comment introducing yes. the subject for today about living a life consumerate to the gospel, you know, commensurate. Commensurate. Yeah. And last night I heard a sermon and part of it really emphasized repentance and how that change of mind leads to yeah. a change of life, and God demands that change of life, living to yeah. that higher standard. 
It's not enough to just not do the bad things. That it, And I heard some good preaching on that last night. I heard yeah. a lot of sins called out, and that needs to be done. You know, well, a lot of preaching is just general. Sin's bad. Sin will send you, you know, to yes. hell. But nobody names what the sins are. Folks, that, uh, that's that's preaching that the devil loves. Yes. And I heard he a lot, loves it when I, I heard some really specific sin. preaching last night yeah. uh, where I am. And that and one of the things that I really walked away with is that God absolutely requires that we change our minds. Otherwise, baptism is meaningless and we're not, you know, like you said, living a life commensurate with the gospel. Yes. And I'm going to make a point real quick that, that this gets to where I think a lot of times we fight against what the denominational teach so much. Yep. that we forget to teach what the actual Bible teach or what the Bible yep. actually teaches. Yep, I agree. So I, I'm just going to go to my trusty, rusty e-sword. I'm going to look up the word repent in the New Testament. Now, you you know how it's always um, defined. It's repentance. It's, it's, a, it's a change of mind that leads to a change of action. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. Like, yeah. I understand when, when the word is used accommodatively in Scripture, which it is often, it's used as a metonym. In other words, repentance is a metonym for the entirety of the salvific process. Mm-hmm. Which leads to that change of life is what you're... Which, yeah. yeah, which you cannot have salvation without a, without a changed life. Yeah. But I think when, if we let, like, like for instance, Acts chapter 26. Yeah, verse is 20. Is 26, 20? Yes, it is. Yeah, repentance toward God. No, no, sorry, that's... 20 um there's three steps it's acts 26 20 yeah yeah would you read it since i Uh, messed it up therefore king agrippa i was not disobedient to the heavenly vision but declared first to those in damascus and in jerusalem and throughout all the region of judea and then to the gentiles that they should repent turn to god and do works befitting repentance yes so that means that the changed life is different than the repentance. Yeah. Cuz repent, people can repent but they don't do the works befitting. Which for for to bear witness to that I would god smack the 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 high functioning heroin addicts. They wrote a song, I'm not the one that's so far away when I feel the snake bite enter my vein. Never did I th- uh, think I'd be here again and I don't remember why I came. They obviously have changed their mind about their heroin addiction. Yeah. But they have not brought forth fruit meat commensurate with that repentance. Could that not be Judas? He repented. Judas, yes, Judas, he repented, but I don't think he brought forth fruit meat for it. No. I I think if he would have petitioned Jesus and asked for forgiveness. Oh, yeah. yeah. He would have been welcome. He might have even received back his bishopric. I wish he would have just hung loose and kind of like Peter. Peter didn't immediately go back to Jesus and say, I'm sorry for. Right. But Jesus came to him. Peter, I guess. Which incidentally is uh, Matthew chapter five. Yep. Think about that. Yep. Judas robbed from Jesus reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Peter, although his heart was hardened and he was a little bit arrogant. He allowed reconciliation to he, happen, yeah, because of just he didn't he, he didn't, didn't burn do the bridge. Foolish. Yeah, he That's didn't do it. anything. Yeah, yeah. All right. So this this word metoneo, it's a uh, a change of one's mind, a change to change one's mind for the better 
heartily to amend with aberrance of one's past sin. So again, the the reason this uh, second definition is here is because the word metoneo or metaneo is used in scripture accommodatively in, in a nuanced fashion that's more than a change of mind. But repentance alone, simply changing one's mind alone, doesn't get you any closer to God. You have to have the change of action that, that goes yeah. with it. You have to bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. Yeah, and if this and that, and if Acts twenty six twenty is given in a certain order, and I certainly believe it is, repent, turn to God, and do works befitting, then that would come after you've repented and you yes. turn to God by dying to sin and bat, you know, you know, being yes. baptized into Christ. So well, even even Zacchaeus, yeah, and and this goes all with a life lived faithfully, by the way. Yeah, and I say that to say that it, it doesn't require that you change everything before you get baptized. Is why well, and, and a lot that. of people run into that problem. They they do because they the well, my baptism wasn't valid evidently because I didn't repent of all my sins because yeah. I didn't even know that that was a sin before I was baptized. You couldn't possibly know about all. I mean, what well, what about people that are that are caught up in sins associated with marriage, divorce, and remarriage? Yeah, let's say that. And again, this is, this is a four instance, but it's a four instance that I know several anecdotes where this scenario played out mm -hmm. where people were baptized into Christ and they had no reason for their marriage to be questioned until they started a new convert class or yep. started the Sunday morning Bible class and started studying. Yeah. Well, again, does that mean that their baptism isn't valid because they didn't divorce their adulterous spouse before no nah, i don't think so before well no the, uh, yeah no. god forbid it would no. that, that would be no you know so and, and yeah. i think about zacchaeus zacchaeus repented and then what did he say he was going to do after the fact he was going to return everything yeah. he ever Restore. stole uh yeah. multiplied yeah like, fourfold i think i think it was four yeah but um he didn't do the action until after the repentance. Yeah. And of course, you know, somebody could say, well, if he hadn't have done the action, then he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have, um, he wouldn't have actually repented. And I, I would push back against that. He could have actually in the moment changed his mind and been sincere. And then the, 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 the burden of that action be too great to bear and he just decided not to do it. Yep. You couldn't take the repentance away from him. But yep. Anyway, if we're, if we're using a, a pedantic kind of specific definition for that term. Yeah, the works that befit repentance, that follows turning to God. Yes. Follows changing your mind and turning to God in baptism. Yes. That's that's Acts, like I said, that's Acts 26:20. Absolutely. Hey, hey, Alabama says when you know better, do better. Mm -hmm. And and I tell you, it took me a minute to to wrap my head around this, but this is something Labeth says quite often. And she said early on, um, people do the absolute best that they possibly can. And the reason you know that they are doing the best that they possibly can. It's because if they were able to do better, they would be better. And I, I, I believe I'm convicted that there is a standard Aaron Dotson. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. that if you deviate from this standard, you're in danger of the hellfire. Yeah. But I also believe that the judge of all the earth is going to do right. Yeah. And there might be some people in heaven. We're surprised to see. Might be, you know, yeah. and, and I think, but I think I can hope, whoops. I think I can hold both of those views and not be, you know, double-minded. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, go ahead, brother. I was just say something to think about. I mean, that's yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. So I, I like that comment. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, bit, uh, don't quote me for your notes, but one of our teachers used to say, uh, good people that are taught right will do right. And I think yes. I, get, I get the gist of that there. I struggled with that idea that people are doing the best they can with what they have. I've always, I've often struggled with that, but I, you know, I, I had much of the truth growing up from youth. Right. So I kind of had a, I mean, not kind of, I had an advantage. So it was, maybe more challenging for, for me to see, well, how could a person outside of Christ who is, you know, either ignorant or rejecting the Bible, how could they be doing the best? The best would be to obey God, but I guess they just, they don't believe where they're at is worse than the better. If I, right. I say that right, you know, they they don't think that, that there is a better to do. They're not convinced of that, that the gospel is what's better that they need and must do. Oh, I'm with you. So that's and, why they're doing the worse, you know, it. the let the less better. I, I'm not that's good that, you know, true that All once right. they're convinced of it though, um, they'll do it, you know, or they should. And, and you they know, should, yeah. we got to get in this video, but it brings me up to, to think, you know, that article that I wrote about the phrase, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. a phrase that only someone who loves the people to whom they preach and respects them enough and has faith in them enough to know that when presented with this good information, they're going to make the, the proper changes in their lives. Yeah. Hey, that has, if you got a set of ears, this is for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's Jesus's way of saying, this is on you now. Yep. You know, you need to investigate this and do it. It's on you. It's your responsibility. That's it. He just didn't go back through there and beg people, you know, <laughs> or, or ever or, change what he said. Or he didn't try to discipline them to the point of, yeah. I mean, like I've seen, I've seen Christians do that. They, they, I don't know, man. It's, yeah. it's rough. Follow up discipline. I can't believe you hadn't done it yet. What do you, you know? I know. I mean, hey, Aaron, before we get going much further, we need to have a word from our sponsor. So Lindsay Faye Dotson at gmail.com. Are you part of a church congregation seeking effective ways to spread the word about your event? Well, look no further. Lindsay Dotson specializes in designing modern advertisements for churches, whether it's flyers, postcards, or social media graphics. Lindsay has got you covered. Reach out through a private message on Facebook or send an email to Lindsay Faye Dotson at gmail.com for more details. Don't miss this opportunity to make your message resonate far and wide. Contact Lindsay Faye Dotson today and her emails on the bottom left there. And we're thankful to have her as a sponsor. And, uh, yeah, there's, um, and you folks be sure if you got anything coming up at the congregation where you are and, and they need flyers or something like that, tell them to invest a little bit of money. It's not that much, Yeah, you know, just just invest a little bit of money and you'll be surprised at the, at the, um, 
at the results. Some people, some congregations either don't have someone that is able to do that, or they don't have someone that has the time to do that, or they yep. don't, they need, or they want somebody they can just outsource it to that, that has that expertise that, you know, all they're concerned about is the information and getting that right. And then they can give it to a professional to, to get Absolutely. it done and then get on with the other stuff, like talking to people about it and handing the flyer, you know, yeah. whatever it is, handing it out, getting it out ne- to people. Never, never underestimate the value of, of peace of mind. Yeah. Yeah. And, a, know, and just, a nice professional design. You yeah. know, a lot of people are mistaken about that. They just think that words on a piece of paper is all that matters. But if it looks good, it makes a difference. People are attracted to it. They're more likely to, you know, spend time thinking on it and actually come. That's it. When they see bad design. They think, what what's going on with this church? They don't put much into this. You know, that's what I that's what I think. And that's what I would encourage everybody to think on. Well, yeah, right, wrong, or indifferent. That's the yeah. case. Yeah. All right. We're going to this. I need to get a new overlay from whenever we have these videos made. All right. Here's the video. So this one, we're going to, I'm going to pause this because I don't think we'd get a copyright strike, but I do want to pause it intermittently throughout. So we don't get a copyright strike. Yeah. Um, but this is Jordan Peterson. And I just want you to listen to, to what he's saying and think about the profundity of, of, of this coming from a fairly secular individual. In other words, he's, he just, he read, he's reading the Bible. He's a philosopher. He's a clinical psychologist and he's just a, a, a modern day thinker. And this, and this was from several years ago, right? It's not very recent. I right? don't know that this was, I can't remember. See, that's the thing. Okay, There's so much content out there. Yeah. Now, years ago, I heard this material, but I don't know that this is from years ago. This may be a rehash of the same material. So, okay. But yes, I guess you're right. The, the, like he, this is, this is from years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's not when he was claiming or professing to believe that the Bible was God's word or right. anything like that, you know, that, which he has made some changes. on. Jesus is the son of God or anything like that. Yeah. All right, here we go. If you say the truth and, and nothing else, you'll have a immense adventure as a consequence. You won't know what's going to happen to you, and you have to let go of your clinging to the to the outcome. You have to let go. So <laughs> when I read passages of Scripture, like casting all your cares and burdens upon the Lord, in practice, what does that look like? It looks like speaking and living the truth at all times. Yeah, at all costs. Yeah, yeah irrespective of the outcome. Yep. And let me tell you something, buddy. If you do that, you will be a very formidable individual. And the word he used, an adventure. And that, did he say adventure? Yes. Oh, well, and that's the thing. <laughs> you we need know. to think of our lives as this grand adventure. Yeah, you don't know where it's going to take you or what's going to happen because of it. Think about the apostles. You know, Jesus did warn them they'd be arrested and tried and killed, but they still, it was a new adventure to them. Even though he warned them ahead of time, they had not it. actually done it yet till it happened. And, you know. and again, you know, they're, they, they were not NPCs in their own movie, non-player characters. Like they were, yeah. or NPCs in their own game. Like they right. were the main character in their own lives. Yeah. You know, even, even Judas, mm-hmm. it's just Judas deviated at the end. Yeah. 
and he 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 started acting and telling and living in a way not commensurate with the truth. Yeah. But this is this is what Jordan Peterson is saying here. This is how you live a faithful life. Do you believe that God is extant in nature? That he has a a a, a standard of action, and that he cares about us, and that his way is the best way. All right. So if you think all of that, well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now you have some knowledge. Now you have some truth with which you can be prudent mm-hmm. and or, or wise and prudent. But I think that's your, that's your progression, knowledge, wisdom, prudence, knowledge are the facts. Wisdom is the application of the facts and prudence is the action you take based on the application of the facts extrapolated out and distributed across a large expanse of time. So, yeah. You know, I, I, knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not ever putting it in a fruit salad. And prudence is keeping your mouth shut about it at the potluck on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, you got anything before we go forward? This is the application of that, you know, proper and correct and truth, you know, knowledge, you know, that you learn the truth that you learn through knowledge. Yes. The fear of Absolutely. the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs 1, 7. Absolutely. The truth will reveal the world the way it's intended to be revealed, and the consequence for you will be that you'll have the adventure of your life. So the truth will reveal the world as it's intended to be. Well, if if there is if there's a standard of intention, intent implies a will. Mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Even if you don't believe in the God of the Bible, you, you, we, we don't even have the language to talk about life and, and living in a way that brings satisfaction and deep abiding joy. We don't have any nomenclature for that. That doesn't include an implicit existence of God almighty. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I've been, I've, I've had these thoughts for a long time and I'm just now getting to share them with you. So, yeah, 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 yeah. That truth will lead you where, what was that last thing that he said? Could you back it up? That last phrase? Yeah. I had something that I lost it. Just that last phrase there there before you paused it. The second one you played. You have to let go, but the truth will reveal the world the way it's intended to be revealed. And the consequence for you will be that you'll have the adventure of your life. And Yeah, okay, so is that the same thing as if I say, because I often preach, that the truth of God's Word will tell us the way, the reality of things, the way things really are. Yes. You know, otherwise it's a pseudo-truth, it's a lie. You know, yep. that's what's so damnable about a lie. And that's everything that Satan is and everything that he does and everything that he speaks. You know, everything... Well, you know, that deviates from God's word is a lie. And so it, it, it's not the truth, but when we, when we, when we believe the truth and accept the truth, we understand rightly about everything, you know, it's, it, it, it lights the way and, and there's a new adventure that comes from that. (laughs) Absolutely. And I was, I was thinking of back whenever I did this uh, youth event 
And I was, I was trying to explain the, the necessity for always telling the truth and how egregious it is to lie. And it's because you, you create a pseudo reality. As you said, you create a, you become a pseudo God of a pseudo universe of your own making. For instance, I pulled a kid up and I, you know, I said, okay, so you and I never met each other. You're like, right. So we shook hands and I was like, well, my name is Tony. What's your name? So he told me, and actually I didn't even say that. I, I didn't even say my name was Tony. I said, my name was something I made up. And then I said, well, what do you do for a living? He said, well, I'm in high school. What do you plan to do when you graduate and you go to college? I said, do you see how we're, we're kind of forming a relationship here? We are building out between us a reality, a shared reality, a, a shared experience in reality. But now watch this, you know, now, now you, you engage me after I've engaged you. So he, he picked up on it pretty quick. He said, well, what do you do for a living? I said, well, I'm an astronaut. And of course everybody laughed and, and, uh, he, he kind of smiled and he goes, Oh yeah. I said, yes. I said, yeah, I've been an astronaut for 25 years now. And, uh, I've flown to the moon nine times and, and he just, he kept, he he did well with it and was messing with it. So I was able to spin this yarn and I said, now question, was this kind of fun in the moment? He goes, yeah, it was. I said, but there's nothing of substance because we created this reality between us that we, we had this chaos between us and we spoke a reality in, uh, 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 in existence into existence, but just, just, there's just one problem. Everything I said was a lie. Yeah. So it's not real. It's pseudo real. It's a pseudo reality. Mm-hmm. And I said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. <clears throat> I, I cannot create anything. Yeah. You know, if, if I, if I say there's a bear trying to break into our house, I might be so convincing that the people in the house believe it and they'll run out of the house. Yeah. But it's not substantive. Yeah. Now, what if, what if they, what if they believe it to the point where they run out of the house and then one of them in their panic slips, trips, hit their head on the concrete and dies. That that's how powerful a pseudo reality can yeah. be. And, and that's what's happening every day with the lies of Satan. Yes. People are slipping, tripping and falling and they're going to hell. Yes. <clears throat> and so if, if we want to have this adventure of our life, if we want to have something substantive that lasts in eternity it has to be truth, it's gotta be truth. Like, yeah. and, and me and that kid, yeah. I, you know, we eventually ordered that. And we talked about that. It was a, it was a real, I didn't, wasn't, I wasn't too sure how it was going to be received. If it would even yeah. be understood, but yeah. boy, they understood it way yeah. better than I could ever even imagine. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, let me, let me, there's a comment here. Uh, some folks hate the truth because of what it says about them. You got that right. <clears throat> yep. And, uh, yeah, I, I've got them off there. Hey, Hey, um, I gotta, I gotta figure out a new, a new way to do it. Um, so by this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifested. Everyone who does not do righteousness is not of God, as well as the one who does not love his brother. First John three ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's, it's such a profound statement. Yeah. Like you said, a lie is so egregious and that's gotta be because God is the truth and is opposed to everything that's a lie. So when yes. we 
it's like we're setting ourselves up as God. But, you know, people don't think about lies like that, even members of the church. I know. Oh, it's just a little white lie well, or just a little, it's just that, a little deviation. But they intend to deceive, so it's wrong. It's not a joke. It's not a, I, right. you know. It's, yeah, yeah, you're not, you're not. It's, yeah. I think that, like, I think in, in I think it's Second Corinthians that Paul actually uses sarcasm. Yeah. Sar- and he says yeah. something that is not true. Sarcasm and irony and stuff like yes. that. That's so not, there's figures of speech. Yeah. So a lie is not simply something that's not true. Right. Exactly. But if you speak a lie as if it were the truth in order to affect reality in some way, you have usurped the very authority of God. Yikes. That's scary when you think about it that way. Yeah. That's why it's so important not to lie. Even if you have Jews in your attic and the yeah. Gestapo are asking you about it. Yeah. Because it's a sin against God. That's Putting it. Yourself up, but you're saving lives. Yeah. But God's truth in your relationship with God is more important. He is the first love the Lord, your God. That's, that's the first command. <clears throat> the first command then, is not to love others. The first command is to love God first. Well, yeah. Well, those, those, those people have it superimposed, don't they? They do. They have it. Love your neighbor as yourself first, then yeah. love God. No, no, I love God. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to yeah. set myself up in God's position and dethrone yeah. him from the universe and lie. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to take the Nazis up to the attic and say, here they are. Right. I'm going to keep my mouth. In fact, I'm going to, I'm going to realize that I'm about to have the worst day of my life, possibly the last day of my life, because even if I cooperate with them, I'm probably going to die. What a, what a very, uh, I don't know the word, <laughs> what a crazy and interesting discussion we had for a long time going on with those, you know, <laughs> Oh, it was nuts. It was. Yeah. And, and it's like, and even members <laughs> of the Lord's church, like they, <laughs> They think that I'm taking Romans three out of context, but I'm just like, no, you don't know how Paul writes. Paul tells you instruct, tells the people that he's writing to instructions. Then he tells them how to, how it plays out and why. Yeah. And then he gives the universal that the instruction is based on. Yeah. It's a universal truth. And it's Romans three, eight and not rather as we slanderously as we be slanderously reported. And as some affirm that we say, let us do evil that good may come whose damnation is just. So you're telling me that we can do evil, that good may come. <laughs> like, no, that is Paul. You can lift that from the context and apply it anywhere that you cannot, yep. the, the rhetorical question, the answer is no. Yep. We can't say that you can do evil, that good may come because we can't do evil, that good may come. That's, that's another way of saying it is just, it's never right or okay to do what's wrong. I mean, that's, that's just, it. Never, never. That's it. Otherwise, you've got situation ethics. Yes, and, you've got and, and God's let me tell you standard being flexible to whatever I think or feel. Not to dive off into this, but <laughs> I, I graded absolutism um, is is a is a is, is hoops through which people jump to say that given certain situations, you can lie. Yeah. In order to save lives, I'm like, yeah. okay. What other sin can I commit in order to save lives? And who gets to decide that the juice is worth the squeeze? Right. And I came up with some pretty gnarly yeah. scenarios. Yeah, like can you, yeah, like molest or rape somebody to save a thousand children or something? Yeah. Can can I can I molest one child? Yeah. To save a thousand child children from death. 
I don't well, think anybody would say that. No, well, it, it, it's. I think it. I think it triggers their cognitive dissonance to the point yes. where they can't even think about it. Uh, is the problem? Yeah. And then they just attack you. You're crazy. Yeah. You're being dirty. You're sick. Yeah. I'm like, why no, would you even okay, make that so, up? So let me let me tell you this. What about if in in World War II, if I was a woman, could I go play the harlot and have sex for With money? The enemy. Yeah. In order to save the lives of the Allied forces, no. well, according to graded absolutism, <laughs> I absolutely can. Yeah, yeah, and I would not be judged for that sin by God. Mm. So, it, so it's okay to do wrong sometimes. That that's according, what it's saying. That's yeah. And again, uh, according to some of my own brethren. I here's, have Romans 3, 8 wrong. Here's what a lot of the comments say. Yeah, it's okay. It's not good, but it's okay to do because God will forgive you later. Yeah, oh, man. And well, that, one, and then, one time I responded to that, and I said, so you're planning to sin and well, expecting God to forgive you. Like My my response to that, and of course, you know how often it came up in that comment section. My response to that was, no, that's false. You cannot do that because that's in violation of another scripture. Mm-hmm. Can we continue in sin, sin so that uh, grace may abound? God forbid. The answer is no. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I can do all things through any verse taken out of context. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you want to get back to the yeah, video? Yeah. There? Go ahead. Yeah. I'm good to go. Go ahead. Oh, wait a second. Uh, oh, no. Never mind. I, was, I thought, hey, hey, Alabama. But yeah. She said the logos are covering the chat. All right. So we got them off. Yeah. Y'all just remember to go to those places where those logos are from and follow us there. <laughs> yeah. The other part of that ethos is this, and it, it makes perfect sense to me. I, I can't see how it can be any other way, which is that whatever makes itself manifest as a consequence of the truth is the best possible reality that could be manifest, even if you can't see it. Of course, that's the end. So that trust in God. If you live a life of faith, you're not going to know all the answers. You don't have the wisdom of Solomon. You, you don't, you might not even, I mean, on a scale of one to 10, if Solomon is a 10, Tony might be a three. Well, what if you're a one or you could be a seven? I don't know, but you're not going to have the wisdom of Solomon for sure. Because Solomon was the wisest man ever lived besides <laughs> Jesus, obviously. Yeah. So you're not going to know all the answers, right? And I, I used to kind of be miffed at this statement. Well, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Well, the Lord does work in mysterious ways, Aaron. And now I know that the Lord is not going to work directly because right. that age has passed. But but is not God's providence mysterious? We don't yes, know how he's doing it's it. Not he's, behind, he's behind the scenes. That's yeah, mysterious. It, it's the epitome of mysterious. Mystery. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something I mean, concealed that has not been revealed. Yeah, I mean, we we use Paul often to Philemon, but the inspired apostle Paul, you know, he's directly guided by the Holy Spirit, and he was directly guided by the Holy Spirit to write, perhaps, perhaps. Onesimus left for this reason, Philemon to, verse fifteen. I mean, and it, it's, it's such mysterious. a beautiful, yeah, <laughs> and and I, I gotta I gotta finish that out. Perhaps he left thee for a season, yep, that he could return forever, yep. not as a slave. But as a brother, yep. receive that you might receive him forever. That means as a brother in Christ. That's it. That's it. So here's the thing: that, that, that's if you want to live a life live, if you want to live a life faithfully, if you want to die in faith, 
trusting God is so much more than just saying it with your mouth. I think about what John or James two, you say you've got faith, but I'll show you my faith. In other words, you say you have faith, but you're not working. Yeah. I'll show you my faith by my works. I don't have to say it. It's like the, it's like the toughest man in the room. He doesn't have to say he's the toughest man in the room. Right. That's right. And with through, through, uh, through training horses, I have met some people with money. And when I say money, Aaron, I mean, real money, like Mm -hmm. deep pockets, old money. (laughs) Yeah. Like pockets. (laughs) One of the customers, if, um, if, if the boss man, the, the, the guy was working for, uh, if his two year old stallion won the, uh, roses at the walking horse celebration, he said, there's a hundred thousand dollar bonus in it for you. He won and he got the bonus. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, and he shared it, but we didn't get the lion share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but the point is <laughs> like these people, okay. They're rich. Like, tw- you know, the training, training per month was about $1,200. And some of those clients had seven or eight, 10 at one, one time there's one client that for about six months had 20 horses in training with us at $1,200. Like you don't get a discount. Yeah. So these people have money, right? Why did I go down that road? Oh yeah. They don't have to, you never know. Yeah. They have money. Yeah. They would, I mean, okay. So there, there would be signs if you knew what to look for. You got me. Yeah. But, but sometimes you really have to look, but you really have to look. I I knew of a guy, I didn't know him personally, but I knew of a guy worked at a hardware store near the college where I went to college. And I didn't know because he never behaved in a way directly that really appeared to be a millionaire guy dressed very casual and normal, drove like a older Oldsmobile. It wasn't very nice. And, uh, he would come in and get like one or two things here and there. And I only knew because the guy that was there that worked with me said, Hey, this is the guy that you've, you've either heard about, or maybe you didn't know, but this is the guy that sold this millwork place down the road here to like wood grain distribution for like $15 million, you know, like 20 years ago or something. Right. And the guy gave every one of his children and his grandchildren a million dollars. And he still had, you know, five or six, $10 $10 million or whatever, $5 million left over. <laughs> we, I put a bag of gravel mix in the back of his car when, you know, I was out on the yard and I worked on the lumber yard and I opened up his trunk. He's got a pile of tennis shoes. They're old tennis shoes in the back of his car. And I thought, Oh, you know, and I scooted some over with the bag and put the bag down. He's a friendly guy. And he left. And that's when my coworker said, let me tell you who that guy is. And I yep. was like, no way you'd never know. Uh, but I guess if I was around him, eventually I would notice something, probably his benevolence, you know, or something I would pick up on yeah. that he yeah, was that you, way. You pick up on things. Yeah, well, one, one thing I picked up on is I pay attention to people's feet, not their wrist. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people have really expensive looking watches and stuff like that. But when you're riding boots or you're riding shoes or handmade Italian the you know, good stuff. Four or yeah. five thousand dollars a pair. Yeah. 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 You're I, I know I know you got to you got to dope. Yeah. Uh man, I don't know why it, it stinks that every time I click off this, the chat goes away. But here is the group, the link for the for the Christianity Now Facebook group. I was going to stream in it today, 
but I've got something, I got some setting messed up. So the Christianity Now Facebook group is just a free public group. And it's going to be a little bit more wild west than the We Talk Truth group was in its heyday. We're not going to, we're, we're still going to, we're still going to moderate it pretty heavily, but we're not going to, um, what's the phrase? We're, we're not going to curate it so much. It's going to be more users and, uh, more user curated. So you're going to find some stuff in there that you won't agree with. There'll be people sharing stuff from, you just understand what its purpose is, is to, is to get a large group of people, uh, gathered in one place where we can funnel them into the live stream. Yeah. Yeah, I see the group. I, I, I searched just in the yeah. Facebook search bar. And, and I sent you up. an invite. I haven't made you an admin yet. All right. So I want to I want to talk this this idea of trusting in God and living a life of faith, casting all your cares upon the Lord, trusting God to work it out. Well, all of that is just it can be accomplished by speaking the truth and acting the truth at all times yeah don't say a thing that you don't believe don't do a thing that you don't believe in and whatever outcome happens good bad or indifferent on this earth understand that that by definition then is god's will that kind of makes me think of philippians 4 8 and 9 we're familiar with verse 8 you know whatever things yep. are true noble just etc Verse 9, the things which you uh, learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. Yep. And the God of peace will be with you. There's the effect, you know. That's what will yeah. happen as a result. So you think these things, you think this way, and you act this way, and here's what's going to happen. No matter, no matter what happens as far as the fallout with the world or people that oppose Christ and the gospel, you're going to have the peace of God. That's it. And he'd already written that the peace of God would guard your hearts and your minds. Verse 7. That's what we need to do. We need to think right, do right, and then depend on the peace of God to guard our hearts and minds from going crazy or giving in to Satan and his lies. Well, if you tell the truth, and this, this I think there, I can't remember the quote, but I think it was uh, Mark Twain said something to the effect of a man that always tells the truth doesn't have to have a very long memory. Yep. Like I, I don't, and that's the beautiful thing. Like I, I'm, I'm a pretty controversial figure, but I can be very at peace about that because I know I just act in a way commensurate with the truth. So I don't have to get my story straight yeah. with each different little bitty faction of people that I talk to in my life. Yep. Yeah. Not hiding you know? or being double-minded or living yeah. compartmentalized life. You know, yeah, like pr probably one of the most controversial things that I did was um whenever Amont Aubrey, uh whenever he was trespassing and he was he was where he shouldn't be. And it's probably the case that he was being nefarious and he was well, let's just say that there were there were robberies and stuff and thefts in that area. There was so much outrage from the liberal left about his death and there's so much stuff come out and, and I was just kind of fed up and I said, you know what? I'm just going to swing this hammer. I'm going to see what happens. <laughs> and I said something about the hierarchy of outrage in our nation. 
when a white person kills a black person is number one. Mm. Number two, nothing. We don't get outraged about anything else. And it was the case. And I stick by it. I'll not back off that a minute. Uh, all of the people that got all angelic, and by that I mean up in the air and harpy about the killing of Amont Arbery. Yeah. I've, I've seen your silence at the death of thousands of others. I don't care that you're all emotional about this. I don't care if there was some issues where this was unjustified. I am outraged if it was unjustified. You were outraged because the man was black. We are not the same. Yeah. And I will never back off of that. And I even had some people break fellowship with me. And they say, well, you know, Tony, people are going to call you a racist. And I said, that only affects me if I actually am a racist. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a racist, so I don't care what people call me. Yeah. And it also goes back to, I've seen the things that you cheer. So your booze, booze mean, mean nothing. nothing. Yeah. And of the people that broke fellowship with me, my life has actually been better off without them. It's been more peaceful because that those people were so, I didn't realize exactly how God, I couldn't get through a day of work without one of the guys that would, that broke fellowship with me. He would call me and he would just want to talk for an hour or so about people. Mm. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I didn't lose anything there. Yeah. You know, but yeah, again, well, yeah, they, they were trying to back me off of that. I'm like, no, it's the truth. Yeah. So I'm going to say it. And I kept, and I'd have people like, well, you know, I know that everybody goes up into these construction sites and, and tours construction sites and look at, I was like, no, you don't. I said, we, we, as children living in Northwest Tennessee, we were told if you are not on your own property, if, 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 if you, you do not go onto somebody else's property yeah. that you're not invited to go on, that you don't have written permission because you may be shot. Yeah. Now that doesn't say that we, I, I'm not saying that you deserve to be murdered. <laughs> right, right. If you go on property, that's not yours. Right. But there's reality. Yeah. And the reality is in the United States, people are pretty territorial. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of places, there's laws that protect that. And anyway, there, there were some issues that came out in the trial. But people were trying to back me off and I'm like, no, I've got the truth on my side. Yeah. The only, the only reason that you're telling me that I shouldn't be saying this is because of the color of my skin. Yeah. And I'm not playing that game. Yeah. Well, and just, incidentally. Yeah. Just because people say that we can't talk about racial issues because yeah. we're not another, we're not another color, you know, we're Caucasian. Yep. Just because people say that doesn't mean we have to do that. I don't have to fit that mold. I can talk about it. I can talk about truth and error, and I can talk about what's right and how people ought to act. That's I mean, it. that's that's not. I don't. I just. I don't. I don't. I'm not. Don't put me well, in that same, box. Well, the same people telling me that I can't talk about racial issues in the United States of America because I'm white are the same kinds of people that tells me I can't talk about abortion mm -hmm. because I'm not a woman and I don't have a womb. Yeah. Oh, it's that same mentality. 
That's it. You know, another passage, and I'm not trying to change it, but it goes right along with this. Like you're talking yeah. about, you're going to stick with that truth because you know it's right, is First Thessalonians 5.23, the principle of it. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, our our spirit, soul, and body has to be at one with God through his word. You know, we're going to mess ourselves up mentally yeah. and our souls and eternity if we um, if we act with our bodies in a way that our mind, you know, knows is wrong. Like, just so I can keep Absolutely. peace with well, a certain group of people. Well, so, so you know, you read that the, the 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 triune being is in that passage in First Thessalonians five. Mm-hmm. Mind, yeah. body, spirit. Yeah. Mind is the word translated elsewhere as soul. Body, of course, that's pretty easy. That's our physical body, and spirit's what we say. Mm-hmm. You've got your you, what you say, yeah. how you act, and what you do has to be commensurate with truth and if it's not well then you got some issues yep that's something we didn't think about it no the phone was in that room yeah and i usually but i didn't today It'd so be I all right. immediately unplugged it <laughs> we're not going to die so really quickly i want to hey hey alabama you don't have no you have no wonder you have no clue how much this um encourages me well guess what white people are discriminated against in several communities and you know what they are but let me let me build on that. And then I want to go to this last segment. I don't think the, I think there is a line of demarcation between people who are discriminated against and people who do the discrimination. I don't think it follows, falls along lines of color of skin or race. I do believe there's a line of demarcation between, um, people who are privileged and people who are not privileged and I do not believe it falls along lines of color of skin or race. I do believe there is a line of color that, 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 that coincides with that line of demarcation. And in the United States, that color is green. I believe what we see is we see rich privilege versus poor privilege. Yeah. Because I know a lot of the same problems that largely uh, predominantly black neighborhoods and communities have the same problems are rampant in poor. When, when I say black community, I mean, poor black communities, those same problems are prevalent and rampant in poor white communities. Yeah. So I think the, I think it's money really. That's, that's the line of demarcation there. Yeah. And I, I think there's some, I think there's some, issues of our nation that we need to address and we need to fix in that way. I don't believe the law is applied equally across the board. I don't believe it has anything to do with race. I believe it has everything to do with, um, the haves and the have not. Well, how come you, you basically never hear about a crime being committed in the wealthiest sections of town? Is it because they're sinlessly perfect and they never break rules and laws? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, well, or is it actually, because of their I think, money that I think most of that is because they know they know well enough not to poop in their own bed. Yeah, I think they I, I, now the laws that they break though, Aaron, are different kinds of laws. Yeah, they're the, so think about the difference between white collar crime 
and other crime. You know, white collar crime is embezzlement of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't, that, that's not sensational. That doesn't, that doesn't the land you on the like, news. Yeah. You get shot out the streets, you know? Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking like drugs too, though. Like even some of the richest sections, there's drug people and there's drug users and dealers. Yeah. But you don't, well, their money, it seems, does hide some of that from the public absolutely. eye. The news doesn't report that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, with money, you can hire yeah. well, I mean, OJ Simpson. I, I don't care what color skin he was. Yeah. If he didn't have the money, he'd be rotten in jail. Yeah. That's right. It had nothing to do with the color of skin. Yeah. He had the money to be able to hire the good lawyers. That's right. If if I did the same thing, I'd be rotten in jail. And yeah. I might be saying, well, it's because I'm what? No. Because <laughs> I don't have any money. Yeah. I don't yeah. have the money. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a there's a different experience, a different life experience for people with money. Absolutely. Now, the American dream is red, yellow, black, and white. It does not matter if you yeah. put in the work. Yep. Yeah you can have upward mobility in the class system. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's. Oh, and that's definitely one of the things that's made our country stand head above head and shoulders above all the absolutely. other countries. You know, the, the type of economy that we have, the type of free market that yes. we have, the, all that you can go from rags to riches. Doesn't matter. Your, you know, background, your whatever, all that, right. your origin, your race, um, yeah, we, John, we live, we've been living in those times for quite a while since yeah. the Jim Crow laws, you know, since the systemic, you know, government operated, sure. you know, I mean, it was boom. And even, even before that people could excel to a, to a point. I'm not saying that was well, okay for them to do that, but it was still I, better than like a communist country where, you know, sure. well, actually when, whenever there was actual systemic and institutional racism in the United States. Yeah. You know, black people were doing better. Yeah. That's, that's statistics. That's what, that's what I've heard. And, and, and the reason being is because, and, and I argue that this is part of the systemic and institutional problems with the United States is, and they, they told, they said the quiet part out loud in the beginning with, um, with welfare and stuff like that. They sold welfare to these underprivileged places. Yep. And subsidize the father out of the home. Yeah. So now got them in the system. Yes. Got them on the chain. I mean, that's really? It. That's well, that, there's, there's and, two and, ways. And, and there's white. There's, you know, I'm well, white people the same. There's white people on yeah. chain. It is. I mean, it's yeah. There are two ways to enslave someone. Pay them, or excuse me, work them without paying them. That's how you make a slave out of somebody, or pay mm-hmm. them without working them. Mm-hmm. They'll always want to be a slave. Yep. All right. Life well, the, government's, the government's really, they know they've got that down, but anyhow, that's, the, the, the Democrats have that down. They do. Yep. They the sure de- do. Make no bones about it. The yep. Democrats have that down. I, again, talk about living a life of faith and saying the truth. Yep. Look at their policies versus look at the Republican policy. Yeah. It is true. Yep. Uh, just period. Sadly, anyway. those policies have been dominating. You know, that's the thing. It just, yep. anyhow. I, I, I think people are starting to see it now. Yeah. I hope and pray so. But all right, a life lived faithfully. We got this next step. This next clip is from a fantasy movie called Mr. Magorium's Wonder Emporium. And it's the very end. You have to understand that throughout the whole movie, Mr. Magorium 
is trying to get Mahoney and, and, and train her to take over the store, the, the wonder emporium because he's leaving. And then it dawns on Mahoney. When you say you're leaving, you mean you're dying and we're going to spoil it for you, <laughs> but here it is. Now, remember, this is, this is secular. This is not Christian, but I want you to extrapolate from this and apply how Christians at the end of their life, in other words, we've talked about how to live by faith. Now we're going to talk about how to die in faith. Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. So Mr. Megorium represents here the man who has lived a full life commensurate with the truth. And he is ready for the next great adventure. And this is a perfect example of giving into the truth and, and trusting the one from whom the truth comes. Now, keep in mind in this universe, this is a made up universe. It's fantasy. Yeah. God doesn't, I mean, God and, and, and the Taoist and Allah and all, I mean, all this, they're, they're just all on equal keel with one another. But I think metaphor, the metaphor is what I want us to get. And he says some, anyway, let's just keep going. Yeah, go ahead. When King Lear dies in act five, do you know what Shakespeare has written? He's written. He dies. That's all. Nothing more. No fanfare, no metaphor, no brilliant final words. The culmination of the most influential work of dramatic literature is he dies. That's the culmination of your life. It doesn't matter if you're Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, or Tony Brewer. Yeah. It's appointed and a man wants to die. Yep. That's the fate of David all. David said, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's the fate of all men. That's, that's it. David said, I've gone the way, I'm going the way of all the earth. Yep. And that beautiful, that, the, the most influential piece of literature ever written, arguably King Lear in act five, when the king dies, the bard himself All he writes to communicate that no fanfare is that he dies. He just, he dies. Kind of makes me think of like Genesis five, you know, just, he died. He died. He died. That's it. He died. It takes Shakespeare genius to come up with. He dies. And yet every time I read those two words, I find myself overwhelmed with dysphoria. And I know it's only natural to be sad, but not because of the words he dies, but because of the life we saw prior to the words. So the juxtaposition there, and I think Satan, uh, Satan, ah, Shakespeare, Satan, that may have been a Freudian slip. <laughs> uh, Shakespeare was genius because if he would have written, he died with 
a whole lot of pro with, with an emphasis on pros or fanfare, then it would have taken away from the amazing life and, and put it and put the focus on the death. And I think that might be what the writers here, what Mr. McGorham is trying to explain to Mahoney. I'm at the end. I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm leaving. And I had, I had to look up dysphoria because that's not a word that euphoria is happiness and ease. Dysphoria is a state of feeling very unhappy or uneasy. And when we think about in act five, when Kent with King Lear's death, understanding the, in the, the ramifications and the significance of the two words he dies, it, it should make us feel dysphoric. I mean, we don't want the story to end. We've yeah. fallen in love with these characters by now. I think about the wheel of time, 14 books. Every one of them are like a thousand pages. Some of them, 12, 1300 pages long. And I was filled with an overwhelming sense of dysphoria and simultaneously euphoria at the end of that epic series. Yeah. That's the way we feel when a loved one is about to leave us. That's it. And, and he's, I, he's, if I understand him correctly in this movie, you know, he's saying, I, I don't know the exact word, but what makes it great is the life that I've lived. Yes. That's how, that's and, how and, I face and he dies. And you know. yes. And I, I think that the undertone here, the implication is the brilliance of Shakespeare to just say King Lear of King Lear, he dies. It's because the focus, although the words he dies evoke dysphoria, it caused you to reflect on the life lived, which should mitigate the dysphoria. Yeah. And you should get some comfort from it. We we do that at memorial services for the dead. That's, you know, the that's family. the purpose of them. We say, yeah, we, we say, yes, we will miss them. Yes, we grieve. Yes, we're sad. Look at the life they live. It was like, but, or, you know, whether, yeah. but look at the life they live. They yeah, well, you know, any, the, the, you know, the poem called The Dash. You know, every, every tombstone has a beginning date and an end date, but the, yeah. the important, the important part of a person's existence is represented in the dash. Yeah, that's right. All right. We'll keep going here. It's a wonderful movie. I've lived all five of my ex Mahoney and I am not asking you to be happy that I must go. I'm only- do, you, do you see how unadulterated truth is extolled here. I've lived all five of my acts. Like I'm, I'm trying to comfort this young woman mm-hmm. and in comforting her, I'm using the truth. I've lived all five of my acts. Mm-hmm. It's time to go. Yeah. Asking that you turn the page, continue reading and let the next story begin. So you don't stop your life because mine has stopped. Ooh, that's a good lesson for all of us. I'm not asking you to not be sad. I know you're going to be sad. Ooh, I know some loved ones that need to hear that, Tony. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, God knows you're sad that you miss them. You're never going to get over it that you lost them. God doesn't expect you to get over it. But don't you end your life. 
who that's kind of yeah. tearing me up a tad. Whoo. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, well, you, you ought to watch the whole th- movie. I know. I, I was scared to death to say this because the way you spoke it up, I ain't seen it, but I need, I got to see it now. <laughs> I got to put this on the ASAP list. I want to see yeah. it. Uh, we, we like movies. Like oh, it's this. wonderful. There, there, in fact, I, I shared a quote from this movie. Uh, let me go back on my timeline. You're talking about those top movies that you want to keep going. That's the way I feel like with the Lord of the Rings, you know, it's yeah. like I want it to keep going. Like it's one of my favorite stories in, in the movie. Mahoney asked at one point in, in, Mahoney, in the movie, at one point, Mahoney asked Mr. McCorium, are you, are you going to die? Like she, when she, when it dawns on her and his response is light bulbs die, my sweet, I will depart. <laughs> that is how a Christian should think about the end of his life. Yeah. It's the next great adventure. You have lived your life on this grand adventure yeah. because of your adherence to the truth of God in your actions, attitude, and speech. Yeah. Now, because of that, you can face this transition with the same dignity and profundity that this whimsical, fantastical, made-up character can. Yeah. Yeah. If this made up character can, if these, if this made up story can so highlight these truths, what about us in reality? Exactly. Who serve the God of reality and truth, you know? <laughs> exactly. And if anyone ever asks what became of me, you relate my life in all its wonder and end it with a simple and modest, he died. love you too. Your life is an occasion. Rise to it. <laughs> Your life is an occasion. Rise which, to it. Which Im- implied that he was able to leave with such dignity and forward looking to the next life because he rose to the occasion of this one. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, it is. Scott Beck says that's a tough one. (laughs) Yeah, it is. We need to be thinking that way as God's people, you know, it's like, yeah, I need that. I mean, that's yeah. Please don't ever try to mitigate your grief. It is such a, I mean, the, the reason that your loved one died, is because Satan, in essence, killed them. It is not. I, I, I don't like death is such a beautiful thing. No, it's not. Death is an evil enemy that is so powerful. It must be defeated, but we do not possess within us the power to do so. Yeah. We have to have our Savior. Yeah. God in the flesh defeat death. Yeah. I'm not going to greet death as a friend. I'm not going to go. What, what's that phrase? I'm not going to go quietly nor peacefully into that good night. But 
I hope I live a life commensurate with the truth so that when my departure is inevitable, I can be a comfort to those around me. And that is one of the very natures of God. Go back to the night before Jesus' death. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Yes. In my father's house were many mansions. Amen. If it were not so, I would have told you. He Ooh. was comforting those others. Whew. Amen. <laughs> he was comforting those. And, and it's like a talk pet about, rally. <laughs> yes. Talk about being a formidable individual. If you want to have the formidable nature of Christ Almighty, live in a way that's commensurate with the truth so that you can die with that much confidence of having lived a life in faith. Yeah. Amen. That's great. That's good stuff right there. That's just, oh, that makes me think of the same setting. You said John 14, one and following. Mm -hmm. I think of Jesus as a man. He's going to face great hardship in the garden and at the cross, the trials, all that. And he says, every one of you is going to be scattered, each to his own. But I am not alone. That makes me cry sometimes just to think about that. Just I know. Like, yeah, that's, the only reason I remember that is because my mind works weird with numbers. It's 816. 16 is half an 8, and 8 times 2 is 16, John 816. Or yeah. is it 832? Yeah. I think, I think it's 1632. 1632. I think, it is. Yeah. yeah. 1632. Sorry, I messed yeah. up my – I said it out loud. Yeah. But, yeah, 1632 because 2 times 8 is – 16 and that's like one of my favorite verses because because of christ we will never be alone either that and it's written in the aorist tense meaning i'm not now nor have i ever been nor will i ever be alone so you you got to take that in mind when you interpret matthew 27 46 (laughs) well true 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 and yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. There's that word again. You know, I've referenced two passages already, Philippians 4, 8, and 9, you know, the way to think and the way to act. And then the First Thessalonians 5 about your mind, soul, and spirit, or mind, body, yeah, and spirit. Mind, body, and spirit. And in each one of them, it talks about peace, peace, peace. Yeah. That you may have peace in the world. You'll have tribulation. Well, Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. The, and the word for peace, and I, I I could be wrong, but most of the time, the word for peace, at least the word for peace in 1 Corinthians 14, where God is not the author of confusion, but of peace in all the churches. Yeah. The the two words there is a juxtaposition of order and chaos. Mm-hmm. Peace, peace is order. It's ordered. Yeah. Well, the divine logos is the great agent of order. Yes. And th- think about it. in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yeah. He willed them into existence and they were extant. They were existential in nature before he ever spoke. It's just, they were chaos. There was no order. Yeah. So the introduction, the Holy spirit had to deliver the logos and that order. So God said, let there be light. And uh, there was a, it, it is the same word. First Corinthians yeah. fourteen thirty three and John sixteen thirty three. Same Greek That's, word yeah, for peace. Yeah, you, I just you at will it. have yeah. if your life is plagued by chaos. Well, go all the way back to Genesis chapter four. Why art thou wroth, and why is thou countenance fallen? 
If yep. thou doest do well, well, will it not be accepted of thee? Yep. And if thou doest not well, then sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Yep. The idea there is if you do not well, then you enter into a copulative relationship with sin, the yep. progeny of which, according to the rest of the context, is death yep. and chaos, disorder. Yep. Yep. And that's commensurate with John James, rather, chapter 1. Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. For every man's tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. Yep. Lust, when it conceives, that's that copulative relationship, brings forth sin. sin. Sin, the, the culmination of that yep. is Damn. chaos, death, disorder. Yeah, look now, at what with, came from look at what came from Cain's attitude and his life, his his marriage or marriages, whatever, his children, his line. Yep. That's what's emphasized in Genesis 4 and 5, and then 6 when the godly are marrying the ungodly. I think you know, those are descendants of Cain. Yeah, uh, yeah, and the descendants of Seth that began to call on the name of the Lord. They're intermarrying, yep. and they shouldn't be. <laughs> They're it. setting themselves up for fear. You know? You know? Absolutely. The case and death that comes from. Ooh. I know. But if you do well, but you do well, it will, it, you'll be accepted. That's it. And you can have the peace of God, even if, even if there's disruption around you, like you can, you, and that's, man, that's just throughout the whole good book. I, I think of uh, Habakkuk, the very end of Habakkuk, you know, and I'm paraphrasing and, and I'm oversimplifying. Sure. Is that the right word? But yeah, the, be fine. The, the, the whole gist is, you know, he's trying to understand the way God's working and how and why God's going to use this wicked nation, Babylon, to destroy his people. And, right. and then and then as he goes through all that and he gets toward the end, he you know, he realizes God's people are going to be taken captive. And at the very end, he's like, you know, the fig tree, the fig tree may not blossom, uh, the fruit and and they won't they might not be fruit on the vines, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'll join the God of my salvation that, well, you know, the Babylonians are knocking on the door. They're about to come and destroy our way yeah. of living because, of our, but I got peace in God. That's well, that, that's, that's where that phrase in Romans comes out from faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. He hath yeah. showed thee, O man. And what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justice, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Yep. And what does that mean? Well, it doesn't matter whatever condition we're in. I'm going to go to God for guidance and I'm going to live that way. So yep. no, we can't go to the temple three times a year. We can't have a sacrifice for the sin of atonement, but I'm still going to trust the judge of all the earth to do right. And I'm getting these prophetic messages from these, these divine messages from these prophets. Yep. So I'm going to do what they tell me to do Yep. regardless. And, and, and once, once we get back home and we're able to build the temple, I'm going to go right back to what we're supposed to do. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. In the patriarchal age, the just shall live by faith. Yeah. In the in the Mosaic age, the just shall live by faith. In the Christian age, the just shall live by faith. And I suppose if we've misinterpreted the Bible and there's an age to come that is not eternity in heaven, the just will live by faith then as well. Yeah. Yeah. We do what we do what God tells us to do. That's, That's not going to change because God Himself doesn't change. His covenants have changed, but the way He worked, I mean, exactly the, the basic gist of the way He worked has not changed. Exactly, you know, like just grace through faith, for example. That's God That's is it. always saved by grace through faith. Patriarchal. I love saying that. 
I do you don't too. have to mitigate it. I know it. We're saved by grace through faith. Yeah. So I said, do you believe we're saved by faith? Yeah, we're saved by faith. And we can we can we can define terms and, and you know we need to and we got to, but just it's the truth. We're saved by grace through faith. That's it. My <laughs> article that I wrote today, Aaron, was two different responses to sin. Ezra at the sin of the intermarriages, he he wails and moans and rips his garments and plucks out the hair of his head and his beard. Yeah. Yeah. Nehemiah. He rips their garments and plucks out the hair in the he- of, of their beard and head. <laughs> <laughs> Different responses. I'm going to do what Nehemiah did. <laughs> well, I, I think it calls for both. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Neither one of them did wrong there. <laughs> no. And, and folks, let me tell you, it is so important to have a relationship with the truth. We have to, we have to, I mean, we have to extol the virtue of speaking the truth and acting the truth. We cannot live a life faithfully if we don't. And by the time we get to the end of our life, we will not be able to face it with any kind of certainty, aplomb, or dignity. I mean, that's how you have a relationship with God and Christ. Truth. Yes. It's like they are the truth. So, like, you can't have this, like, pseudo-reality of who God and Jesus are. And I've got this relationship with them, but I don't yeah. really know the truth. I don't really study the truth. I don't really abide by the truth. I don't that make the truth the, my number one. What? Yes. You, that, you don't have a relationship with God. None. That that was the point with the kid that I pulled up, and I said, I'm an astronaut. Yeah. I said, we've had a good conversation. But have you, have, have and we have ordered this reality, right? Yeah. Look, we've ordered this reality. And it's a relationship mm-hmm. between us. We've ordered it. It, it. it was chaos. Now we've, we've talked it into existence. Yeah. But the problem is it's built on a lie. Yeah. So you don't really have a relationship with me. Do you? He goes, no, I, I you know, like he didn't yeah. even know my first name. Yeah. And, and so that, that's the point. That's why we had the only way that you can have a relationship. Well, this is a new Testament Psalms, but pretend like it's from Genesis to revelation. Yeah. Uh, my, my full Bible's over there. Yeah. Um, you can only have a relationship with God through his word. Yeah. Through the whole thing there. That's it. <laughs> well, Aaron, I think we've got her covered, man. Evangelist. That's... Yeah. Uh, Bonda said, enjoying the program from Cameroon. Hey, we got a family from Cameroon that, uh, attends the Riverview church of Christ here in Canada. And I will tell you that we have a couple of African stores. We have Bill's Kilimanjaro on one side of town, and we got another African store on the other side of town. Aaron, I went to the other African store, and I said, I am going to be cooking some meat for some people, and a large portion of them are from the continent of Africa, specifically the countries of Cameroon and Nigeria. And I would like some spice, something with some kick. Because Canada does not spice its food. And this old woman, I do not know from which country she hailed, but she was from the continent of Africa. And she did not speak much English. But she said, you wait. Yes, ma'am. And she disappears into the back room. (laughs) And she comes back with with a one pint container or one, whatever it is, just a container about that big around, about that thick. And it was full of spice and it had five ninety five written on it. <laughs> and she taps it. She says, 
disty stuff. <laughs> Have you used it yet? Oh, dude. Yeah, I've got to go get some Good more. Stuff. But stuff. <laughs> I made some pork tenderloin, and I explained to the congregation, I said, I've got this piece of, this, this group over here, y'all, is made with the Cameroonian spice. So that, that's what they told me, that this is Cameroonian spice. And this other stuff is just made with, you know, regular sweet, salty spice that you put on pork in Western culture. The people from Cameroon and Nigeria loved the did, pork. Did, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Did they recognize the taste yeah, of the oh, spice? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's how yeah. I knew it was Cameroonian spice. Yeah. That's what they said. They said, we, yeah. we know this. This is Cameroonian spice. Yeah. And that's cool. <laughs> one of the Cameroonians said, Brother Brewer, this is really good, but it is forever more hot. <laughs> and that was yeah. the talk of all the people. Like, if, if, you, if you got a Cameroonian to <laughs> say that your pork is hot, then it's hot. Yeah, you're forever more hot. <laughs> yes, they couldn't believe we was eating it. Yeah. Well, me and me and another two two or three other people in the church were eating it, and of course all the Africans. Some of the I hate to say the that. word Africans because the Africa is a continent. Yeah, I can't remember. Like, there's seventy. That's like saying you North Americans. You know. Yeah. yeah. You North Americans. Well, yeah. But anyway, we don't so, really say that. I don't call myself a North American. You I know. know. I mean, I, I call myself uh, a person, uh, an American. Yeah. Which that's that's a metonym because there's North it's the and United America, States of Central America. America. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, why what do so you mean many, you're American? I, I, I assume that's why so many people, immigrants from other countries that come to US, that's what they say. US. Yeah. You know, we love USA. We yeah, love, we're from you know, the US. So they don't we, say, yeah, we want to go to the US. They tend to say that more than, you know, you Americans. You Americans, right. you know. Right. It's you USA. But anyway. I, I really, yeah. So <laughs> I really like the African spices and, and the Nigerians, man, they have this, uh, they have this, uh, red sauce and they make it out of habanero peppers or scotch bonnets, depending on what they can get their hand on. And they'll take like a couple of gallons of red peppers and put it in a big old stew pot with some olive oil and, uh, spices like garlics and bay leaves and stuff like that with a bunch of tomatoes and onions. And they'll they'll sweat it down to where it's a paste. Hmm. Oh, dude! And and look, I've been pepper sprayed before, Aaron. Yeah. And what? Well, that's a lie. I've not been. I have not been pepper sprayed. I have been in very close proximity to where someone was pepper sprayed, but it got like it got everybody right. Yeah. But I wasn't the actual recipient of the pepper spray. Anyway, I, maybe that doesn't matter. I just we had a whole episode about speaking the truth and <laughs> yeah. want to make sure I was being yeah, you specific. <laughs> anyway, uh, I went over to visit one of the folks from Nigeria, uh, whenever they were, um, uh, the, 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 the woman was like eight and a half months pregnant, you know, so we went to visit, take a baby something. And, uh, when I walked in, it, it took my breath away, like being pepper sprayed did. Yeah. And they she was making their their Nigerian oh, red wow. sauce. Ooh. But but Aaron it tastes so good. Now yeah. it is forever more hot. Yeah. But it tastes so good. Yeah, my sinuses I'd be draining for days. <laughs> Dude, you 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 uh, look, I've never I've never breathed so clear in my whole life. Yeah. As I do since I've got to Canada eating Nigerian and Cameroonian food. Yeah. And they they anyway, I don't do even They know. love to cook too. Yeah, and yeah. and listen. Like 
the liberal left talks about, well, it's, it's racist to ask somebody where they're from and it's racist to do this. And no, they love sharing their culture. They want you to ask, where are you from? What did you do back home? What kind of foods do you like to eat? Yeah. You know, this, that, and the other. Yeah. Uh, Scott, but I like Cajun spice. Is it similar? Uh, yes, but it is really turned up. Like you got to understand how hot it is. I don't know if I can handle it. I mean, I try it, but ooh, <laughs> I like a little spice, you know, but yeah. I don't like anything like super hard, strong, you know? Yeah. Well, so this Cameroonian spice, I've never tasted anything this hot and spicy, like spicy hot that also had the explosion of flavor on my palate. Yeah. And Ayo uh, Kunle's father, Ade, Ade, his name is King or Crown. I can't remember, but that's A-D-E, I believe, Ade or Adi. Adi, maybe. I'm so terrible. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I really want to go to Nigeria. Like, you don't understand how bad I want to go to Nigeria. You need to go with him. Well, he, he yes. So that, that would be. Yeah. Yes. So well, I, I would go visit yeah. Kunle's daddy. Yeah. yeah, go. Yeah, and and see the church there and the family there. But yeah, I got a level with you. I would want to go just to take the food tour. Yeah, and yeah. eat the Nigerian food. I would love to go to Cameroon because, yeah. like each each little each little nation, country, yeah. and demographic is different. They have different styles, yeah. different kinds of food and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But just about the thing that 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 connects them all. Is they like the hot stuff. Yeah. They love the hot spice. You know, hot spices are pretty popular in a lot of places. I mean, even like the, you know, Mexico. I mean, that's, Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. And well, you know, I don't know about an, European in, countries. I don't know. India. Yeah. It, it, but people from India love hot and spicy food. Yeah. You know, and yeah. in fact, even the Africans, they will use curry in their, in their, in their, uh, recipe. Yeah. Hey, hey, Alabama says you're going to have to share your recipe on your page. I tell you what, the next time I cook a pork loin, I'll do some pictures and and I'll I'll share that spice with you and stuff like that. Yeah, I sure cool. will. Aaron, I think I'm done. Yeah, me too. I've really enjoyed this discussion. It's been really good. Yeah, I, I'm so glad I got that that video clip of Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. Like that. That just it's to me. It's so profound. Yeah. Just how do I live a life in faith? I don't know. It's so hard. It's too too abstract for me to conceptualize. Just tell the truth and act the truth at all times. Yep. Yep. Which means you're going to have to give diligence to find the truth. Yeah, absolutely. Like it just covers so many levels. That's in the, that's in the, um, even for the child of God, who's already obeyed the truth that uh, brings them into Christ. You know, the church at Ephesus, they're commanded uh, Ephesians 6 in the whole armor of God to, yeah. to gird their waist with truth. Got it. And I'll never, that forget. holds it all together by That's, the way. Yeah. I never forget if I'm not mistaken, you know, don't quote me from your notes, but I'm about to do it. Dan Winkler, he preached a sermon. I hope I'm not missing it, but he mentioned these, there's six things here. And he specifically talked about how three of them are things that become who you are all the time. And that yes, included truth. truth. Yeah, and then the other three, you have them right with you all the time, so that you grab them and use them. That's it. You know, it ain't like you throw it way over yonder in the closet. You got it no. on you, 
but you 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 take it up and use it at certain times. Yeah. So you your know? your 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 feet shod with the preparation of the yeah. gospel of peace. That that becomes the essence of who you are. Yeah. Girded about with truth becomes the essence of who you are, and breastplate of righteousness. The ble- breastplate of righteousness. Yeah. Well, I would say even the the helmet of salvation. Yeah. Becomes who you are. But the sword of the spirit and the shield, shield you, of faith. you use as needed. Feet shod with preparation of the gospel. That's yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. That may be one that becomes your essence because yeah. but I, no, no, that's not it because you're I don't know. I remember the sermon, I think. Yeah. And it I may, may have, shoot Dan a text and say, Hey man. It may be it may yeah, and that we, sermon we may have been about done you today. Yeah, that sermon you, may have been it. Hey, we talked about you. Would you could you yeah. Do an hour show with us, and oh, we could do that. I, I'd love to have Dan on. Oh man! But uh, I would love for him to just be like, "Hey, I know where that sermon is online. Here's a link. That way, I can yeah. listen to it again." Yeah. But I'm pretty sure he preached that sermon at a gospel meeting where McKinley Pate was the preacher. Oh in, yeah, that Tryon, Georgia, or uh, Ray, yeah, Rabin County, Georgia, in Rabin County, Tiger, Georgia. Yeah, that's another person we need to. I need to get him on the show. You need to Sorry. get, I, t- I yeah. told you three weeks I, ago. I know. Man. I forgot all about, yeah, I know. Tell him, tell him. I mean, I'm friends with him too. I could tell him, but yeah, I want to get you just have to be in conversation with him. At yeah, the I want time. to get McKinley on. Yeah. Um, Aaron, uh, t- t- tell, tell folks about how the meeting is going and yeah. who it's with. Yeah, it's going good. John Shannon's conducting it here. Uh, Scott, I don't know if you follow the Washington Avenue page, but you can find it on Facebook and on YouTube also. And uh, the sermons are on there. But yeah, it's going real good, and it's your typical old school. Tell it like it is, John Shannon. He ain't changed. Don't need to change. You know, he's he got his chalk and his board and his. You know, yep. that's the 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 very first powerpoints. Yeah, what what's cool is he makes all those sheets. He got them. Yeah, they're creative. And what's cool is I don't know if all of them are, but a lot of them are alliterated, and they're like yep. they're like. And they're good. They're not just like way out there alliterations. Oh, yeah. It's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. Did you know that he's a baker? No, no, I didn't. Need to ask him about that. Yeah. See, I heard, he he said, just tell him, say, hey, me and a friend of mine was gossiping about you. Yeah. And I heard that you are a very accomplished baker. Yeah. Now, I'm not setting you up. He is. Yeah. Like he's a very accomplished baker. So. Cool. I think you'll be, I think you'll enjoy the conversation that ensues. Yeah. He remembers, it seems like he remembers nearly everybody. Like people, he, he has a very good memory, it seems, for 77. He, he, yeah. I might, yeah, he, he might remember me. He does. Oh, we talked, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, He does. He does. Well, he does remember you. He asked about you, but he, it's like, I don't know. He couldn't quite grab your name. He was, yeah. But then I, you know, he said, yeah, yeah. And uh, he said he didn't know you're in Canada, you know, but yeah, but I talked oh, to that's him. That's awesome. Yeah, I talked to him about that, but yeah. All right. He has a program called Black and White. Okay. Terry, where, where is that? Well, we, we got to shut her down. I'd be on YouTube, I'm sure. Might be on YouTube. Is that where he does the baking? Oh, well, look, man, I don't I, know. I've about done that. said this now. We're going to, uh, we're going to go to YouTube. I mean, the congregation where he's at, they, he does teaching online through there. I don't know if it's just his sermons or, you know, podcasts or what, but. 
Let me see if I can find this. What's it called? James Road Church of Christ or something like that? No. Uh, yeah. No, it is. Well, it's on James Road. Yeah, here it is. Yeah. Oh, it's a gospel program, black and white. Good deal. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, I saw. Yeah, it's on this website, Preaching the Gospel in a book entitled Here It Is in Black and White. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a book he did. He had some videos where he. He had some videos where he. Uh, hey, he's old school and I love it. Like he just, he don't. Yeah. He don't buy into all the mess and junk in the media. He's, he's. No. He's smart, man. He's, I admire him. You know, he's. Well, not right here. Baking with John Shannon. It's people like him that help bring unity to the church. Look here. I'm I'm going to do this. Okay, yeah. She said on GBN. Yep. Now I'm going to see if I put this. Y'all need to watch this. This is John Shannon Bacon. No, I don't want to add me to the block list. <laughs> I want to copy and paste that while I can't. Oh, well. Right there, of course, that doesn't help you any. But I added that to my, well, hold on. I added that. It's on my personal profile on the comment section. So if you want to find that link, go to my personal profile on Facebook and yeah. click that link. And that'll carry to a video where John Shannon is doing a tutorial on some baking. He also has a thing called Watch a Message from Heaven TV broadcast. I, di I didn't realize that was what he it was called, but that, that's what it says on their church website. Oh, watch, yeah? a, watch a Message from Heaven TV broadcast. He would refer to it multiple times, but I didn't hear him say the top, the name of it. Gotcha. He, just, he was just saying, you know, our, our congregation, we got to do TV and it's broadcast on the internet and that kind of stuff. So they're on YouTube. Yeah, so here he is, man. He's in the chef uniform, got the big tall hat and everything. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Man, I wish I could get him to cook something for me. I'm hungry. <laughs> I, I, I mean, oh, well, yeah, which tells us we need to get off here. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guys, remember, live a life commensurate with the truth. Amen. Be able to face your death with dignity and confidence and a peace that only people who have lived a life commensurate with the truth would ever understand. Yep. Amen. And subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and everywhere you get podcasts. Consider supporting us monetarily. Be sure and, and, and subscribe to Substack. We got articles coming out every day. And I do a narrated version of the articles that I put out for our premium subscribers. You can subscribe for $5 a month. And um, I think that was about as cheap as I could make it. But, um, anyway, that's, that's all I've got. The audio narration is of all the articles that you're writing, not just the, not just the paywall. No, articles. not just the paid one, right, but, 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 yeah. but the audio narration is for the paid subscribers. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, guys, Aaron, you got anything? No, I enjoyed it. Thanks everybody for all listening right. and watching and share it, share it, share it.
share you. Be the algorithm for us. God bless you. This has been Tony Brunner and Dotson with Christianity Now, and we'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>